0: You're listening to a Bible lesson taught in the youth group at Trinity Baptist Church. We hope this Bible lesson will help and encourage you as you seek to live for the Lord. If you need the money, go ahead and uh, get with me after class. So, Proverbs 6. We're going to start reading together. Let me ask again. How many of you have worked on trying to memorize Proverbs 6, 16 through 19? Oh, man, that's awesome. That is awesome. A couple of you did. That's awesome. All right. Because this is our last lesson in it. So Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. If you're there in your Bible, let's read it together. And if you're not, just move your mouth and pretend like you brought your Bible when you should have. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. And heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Among brethren. There's no duh there. Sorry. All right. Let me ask you this. Last week, we talked about a heart that devises wicked imaginations. What is a heart that devises wicked imaginations? What is it? Do you have some? Oh, you weren't here? Kirkland. Something like that, but we talked a little bit, a little bit different of a spin. A heart that divides, wicked imagination. I'm glad, Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we go out and we try to find a way to get around. Remember, we talked about last week about how, when you guys, as young people, know how you can get away with something, you in your mind plot out a way to say, you know what. Mom won't be home at such and such. Dad won't be home in this. I have a door, a wide open door, to commit the sin that I, de- I desire. And we talked about how God says, I hate that. And we talked about the reason he would hate that is because we're trying to plot and plan to do the very thing that put Jesus Christ on the cross. So what do we talk about? We talked about a uh, uh, heart that vibes, wicked imagination, feet that be swift and running to mischief. What do we talk about there? Feet that be swift and running to mischief. Don't everybody jump up at one time. Adam. No. Yeah. Anybody want to add to it? You're right. You're you're fine. Josh. Always want to be right. I don't know if that's a sin or I'd be in trouble. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. But you're here. <laughs> Jamie. Look for every opportunity to do wrong. Remember last week I gave you guys the illustration that if I gave you. Five bad websites to go to. I mean, don't, I said, don't go to these five websites. And I gave you five verses. And I said, but I want you to sometime read the five, these five verses that will change your life. And I told you, like, last week that most of you would have probably come back to youth group and been like, oh, man, I forgot to read those verses. But I guarantee you, most of you probably would have visited the site that I said, you should not go there. And so the Bible talks about feet that are swift to run to mischief, swift to do what is evil. We're swift to follow our flesh. Well, today, we're going to talk about the last two things on what does God hate. And these last two things deal with how my actions affect others. And I would tell you guys that these are key. These are important, especially the last one, because I know that we struggle with it a whole lot. So let's read verse 19. It says this. I'll read it. You don't have to read it out loud. A false witness that speaketh lies. Let's fill in some blanks. The false is a sham untruth. Sham. S-H-A-M. It's an old school word there. Speaketh. It means to utter, to breathe out. So this is a untruthful person that breathes out lies. Lies is falsehood. Lies is falsehood. Let me ask you this. A couple weeks ago we talked about a lying tongue. What is the difference between a lying tongue and and a person that bears false witness. So a lot of times when we quote the Ten Commandments, everybody says, thou shalt not bear false witness. And if you say, well, what does that mean? Everybody says, thou shalt not lie. What does it mean to be a false witness? What's the difference between a lying tongue and a false witness? Anybody want to take a stab at it? Well, a false witness would be more like saying that, that you saw something that you didn't, like you witnessed the experience. Right? Yeah. You wanna to add to it or that no, you're on the right track. You're on the right track. Go ahead, Josh. Like if someone asked if like someone like stole something and they asked, Hey, did you see him do this? And you lie and you like say or you like you say I did, but you actually didn't see anything. You didn't see anything? Kind of like when they were falsely accusing Jesus, they said they saw him blaspheming God and then a good application of it yeah a good application of being a false witness were you going to answer that alexis or you're just scratching your nose <laughs> i was like oh my, well, you seem so excited about it so i thought i was like well she, she's ready all right so we're talking about a false witness Go ahead and write. It. i think there's no blank there false witness equals perjury i would tell you the difference between a lying tongue number one that god hates both so it's almost like god says i hate lying a little while longer i just want to be be specific I really hate lying, and especially when it comes to being a false witness. Here's a lie. I can tell a lie that affects no one but me. I can tell a lie. I can walk up to Logan and say, Logan, I just got a new pair of sneakers, man. They're awesome. And then when we get on the New York trip, and I put on my shoes to play basketball, he's like, hey, did you bring your new sneakers? No, I left them at home. No, I left them at home, man. I didn't bring them. You know what? That lie really, in all reality, doesn't affect anybody. It makes me look dumb, but... I mean, it doesn't affect anybody. It's not like anybody is going to have any major problems because I lied about having new sneakers. But now, what happens as a brother or sister, because this happens, it happened to me and my brothers, I'm sure if you're honest, it happens to you and your siblings, that something breaks in the house while you and your sibling are at home. And mom comes home and says, what happened? Well, you have to put more three because there were three of us. So you put three of us into the mix. Two of us know what happens, and one of us doesn't. And mom says, all of you get into paddling until somebody confesses who did it. And the two of us who did aren't going to say a word. Well, I don't know what happened. The one person that doesn't, probably more like Anton. Mom, I really don't know. Mom, I don't know. I really don't know. Well, I don't know. And we all three. Mom lines us up. Where is this all out? Dad gets home. I heard mom had to give you a spanking. (laughs) We all get get lined up again. Now, bearing false witness is more of things that would cause someone else trouble. So let me give you the simple explanation that I've, I've got here for you. It says, a person who purposely gives untrue information when the truth is expected of them. Untrue information when the truth is expected of them. Now here's Here's the example. The example is Naboth, N-A-B-O-T-H, Naboth. Lies, lies is falsehood. Lies is falsehood. Yeah. Oh, there's no first kings, good good looking. Second kings, (laughs) probably second kings. There's no second kings. Then I'll look it up later and I'll tell you exactly where it's (laughs) at. Good call. I'm glad you're with us. Lies is falsehood. Lies this falsehood. So here's your blank example is Naboth. Now, if you know the story of King Ahab and Naboth. King Ahab walking out during the day. Sees Naboth's vineyard. I want that vineyard. Man, I want that vineyard. If I could just oh, man, Naboth has an awesome vineyard. Hey, Naboth, hey Naboth. Hey man, do you mind? Put my hand back hand down the back. Uh, hey, Naboth, do you mind? If I have your vineyard, I'll give you whatever you want for it, man. Whatever you want. No, nah, I can't sell this vineyard. <laughs> Ahab, it's been in my family for years. I can't, I can't sell this thing. No, nah, no, nah, man. Every man has a price. Every man, you can sell it. Now nah, I'm telling you, king, I, I wish I could, but I, this has been in my family for generations. So Ahab, you know the story, walks the back end. The Bible says he pouts. He's not going to eat. He's not going to do anything. He just sits on his room. A grown man. Huh. <laughs> He won't give me that. He won't give me that vineyard. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't want anything to eat. I'm not doing anything because I want that. I want that vineyard. Jezebel walks in. Hey, honey, what's wrong? What's wrong? Well, I want Naboth's field. That's what's wrong. I told him I'd give him whatever and he won't give it to me. Well, don't worry. I'll handle it. And the Bible says that, that Jezebel goes, finds some sons of Belial, which means worthless individuals, He says, hey, I want you to go, guys, go proclaim a fast. I want you to have a a get-together, almost like a little mini church service thing here. And I want you, when everybody's done fasting, I want you to pull up Naboth. I want you to get two or three guys to say that Naboth blasphemed God. And so the Bible says that the, the penalty of that is death. You are stoned to death for blaspheming God. So they do. They call up fast together. Naboth being the man that he should be. Hey, I'll be there. He shows up. These guys, two or three guys, get up. Hey, I just want to let you know, I heard Naboth blaspheming God. I mean, he was saying all kinds of terrible things about God. Jehovah God. The Bible says the other one chimes in. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you what Naboth said. Naboth said, and they go off, and the Bible says the people all of a sudden in a rage (laughs) kill naboth kill naboth if he's going to talk about god like that kill naboth and they do they stone him and ahab gets the vineyard he wants now i know that's extreme illustration for us in our lives i don't think anybody here is trying to kill someone i hope not over something that they desire to have but i would tell you that in our lives a lot of times the truth is expected of us Hey, what happened here? Do you know what happened? I couldn't tell you. Oh, wh- wh- where is this? And we, we put out lies. And God says, I hate that. When we lie and it affects others and it doesn't bother us. Oh, well, <laughs> that's his problem. It's not my problem. It's his problem. And the Bible says that they don't even lie, but they do this. The Bible says they breathe out lies. They're just a liar. Like what comes out of the mouth? You can't put any trust in what they say. And God says, I hate that because he is truth. I am the way, the truth. I hate it in our lives. When the truth is expected of us. As Kirkland said about the witness and testimony of our lives. When he's talking about as it is to salvation. We would take it, I would say we would take it person we would say it was wrong 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 for me to tell someone a false way to go to heaven maybe a cult to come in and say you know what this is the way to go to heaven you have to work to get to heaven and we would all say well what in the world that's totally against the bible you can't do that we'll start quoting your new york verses Ephesians 2 8 and nine titus three five romans three whatever and start going at it hey that's not true well can i say in our lives any area that is not truth. Where the truth is expected of us, we ought to be enraged the same way. Hey, God says, I hate it when you bear false witness. I hate it when you're alive to affect other people. So let's go on. So that's the false witness that speaks of lies. This, the discord sower. Yes. What did you say? It's chapter 21. Thank you. My wife says chapter 21. So write that in your handout and avoid the false doctrine that I was trying to teach you there about First Kings 28. So, yes, don't talk about Ferguson. first. I'll teach you a false doctrine. The discord sower. Exactly, stone me. They're false witnesses, all of them. The discord sower. The word sower means to spread the cast. To spread the cast. Discord means disagreement and strife. And the brothers means another person or other relationships. The Bible says, A forward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. Now, this is a big one. Because this is... This has happened to this youth group on multiple occasions. The Bible says, God hates he that soweth discord among the brethren. So it has the idea of, like the story we talked about at the beginning of summer, about the sower, and I told you guys about the sower in the word, and he's throwing out the seeds. This person... Is a person that loves to get things started. Sometimes we would refer to them as instigator. The Bible says God said he hates those who sow discord among the brethren. Now, picture this in your mind. When we were practicing, for those of you are were uh, in practice for our song, that we're going to sing it for the youth service. So as Mrs. Wright's playing, I stand redeemed. I mean, the song's getting good. If I were to walk over the piano on the Sunday night that... She's playing, and we're singing. And as she's playing those notes wonderfully, and you guys are singing wonderfully, and I just started beating on the keyboard. I mean, on, on the piano. I stand, and laughing. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> That's so great. And everybody in the auditorium would be like, wow, Pastor Burton is so dumb. Like, We need to take his job away. This is the idea that has so discord among the brethren. This is a person that, when things are in unity and sounding great, they have to wedge it in. Hey. hey, oh, do you really know what they say when you're not here? Let me tell you. They act like they act like such and such when you're standing here, but when you when you walk away, a person that sows discord among the brethren. Oh man, let me tell you what so and so is doing. Yeah, you thought you thought they were cool, but yeah, really. You know what? This Austin's back to a proud look at the beginning. But he said, God says, I hate the person. Not he hates the person. God hates the action of sowing discord. And see, this is, this, is the, this is actually the culture in which we live that says this is what we do. Hey, Pastor, me, Pastor Toman, Pastor Ferguson, and Pastor Scott. Well, let me tell you what Pastor Scott really said about you, Pastor Ferguson, when, while you were out of town. Oh, well, let me, let, well, Pastor Toman, let me tell you what Pastor Ferguson really thinks about you. This is, this is the, the society in which we live. We watch TV shows that are, like, built around this. Like, they're built on sowing discord. The whole TV show, the whole plot of it is, so-and-so's over here doing this. And then we've got our secondary plot over here, so-and-so doing this. And it's all built around it. And God says... I hate it. I hate it because God is for unity. God is for, as, God, as the Bible says, God is not the author of confusion. And so we look at our lives. God says, I hate when people sow discord among the brother. Now, let me ask you, in your life, are you a person that delights in strife? Do you you like that edge? Oh, man. Things are just too smooth. You're like the sandpaper. Just have to get in there and just rough stuff up a little bit. Are you like that? Or how do you handle when people say things about you or do things to you? Oh, well, they may have said something to me, but don't worry. I'll get back. I'll I'll, I'll get around it. And this is reality because this is where we live. Because I've had people in this youth group come to me and say, Pastor Burton, so-and-so is talking about me. So-and-so, this happened, this. Hey, well, Pastor Burton, would you handle this situation? And you know what? Really, it's, it's we are human beings and we are sinful and we enjoy the things that God hates. And God says, I hate it when people sow discord among the brethren. So, Pastor Burton, let me ask you then, if God hates sowing discord among the brethren, if someone does me wrong, how, I, how do I ought to handle that? How should I handle that? If instead of, hey, they said something about it to me. They said something about me. Don't worry. I'll tell people how they really are. I'll go ahead and handle this. How should we do it? Matthew 18. Matthew 18, 15 through 17. Great passage. It says, "Moreover, thy brother shall trespass against thee. Go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. The word there, alone. Let me tell you how not to be a sword of discord among the brethren. If you have a problem with someone. Go to that person first. Hey, me and Landon. I don't like something, or Landon doesn't like something that I said about him. Landon wasn't here in youth group, and I just badmouthed him the whole time. Oh man, if that Landon would just get right with God, if that Landon would just learn how to do his rope trick, and I just badmouthed him the whole time. You know what, Landon ought to do to the sword discord among the brothers. Landon, according to the Word of God, should come to me. Hey, Pastor Burden. I heard you said something in the youth group, and I just want to look you right in the face and ask you, are those things the things you said? Or I don't. But this is exactly what we do, opposite. Someone says something about me. Wait till I get home and get on Facebook. <laughs> I just don't understand people. All caps. Exclamation point. And then the person puts in the comments What's wrong? Send me a message later, I'll talk to you about it. Don't worry, text me. It's okay. Don't worry about it. You're the greatest. And it goes on. The things go on and on and on about all the things that happen. Hashtag <laughs> number 35. Don't you? Just... <laughs> I'm just joking. But when, but, when all, <laughs> but when it comes to our lives, a sowing discord among the brethren, in our lives, we naturally do not take care of the situation. We just start sowing more discord. Somebody comes and sows discord to me. <laughs> Wait till I get my seed back out. I'm going to so discord on them. I'm going to go in and as their life is beautifully being played, I'm going to go hit all the wrong notes to make sure their life doesn't go the way it should be. And God says, you know what? I hate that. And Jesus Christ says, hey, to handle that, you go get them alone and you go talk to it." Now, this is the first thing everybody always says when you say you need to go talk to them alone. Well, they won't respond to me. Well, they're not going to listen to me. Can I tell you nobody's going to listen to you if you go in the wrong spirit? If Landon came to me after our, our illustration of me bad and Landon and he walked into my office and slammed the door and said, hey, what's your problem? Hey, I heard all the dumb things you were saying about me. What's your problem? You know what? I'm probably not going to with ears and say, what's wrong, Landon? I mean, I don't see why you're having such a weird attitude about this. It's not that we, I'm not. I'm going to get up in arms. And the Bible says that I'm supposed to come to the brethren in humility. I come and say, hey. I heard some things and I just want to talk to you about it. And this is big. This is big because I understand that in the scope of where you're living right now, it may not be the big thing. But as you get to be adult, this is huge because no one comes to another person and looks in the eye and says, hey, I have a problem. Can we work this out? It's not the way we live. But God says that's the way the Christian life should be. That's the way we should ought to live. Hey, you got a problem? Go talk to him. Well, I'll go tell Pastor Burden first. Now, if something happens to this youth group, I take full responsibility and I'll jump in and I want to help. But I cannot tell you the way God's made this to happen, for discord to stop being sown, is to go to the person. Then it goes on. He says, if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained a brother. So if this guy listens, the girl listens to you, hey, you guys get it worked out. Beautiful thing. I would tell you that some of my best friends in my life, that I have some of the closest friends that I have, have all been because of adversity most of the, like I'm talking I have some friends that I call and pray with and that we have a, i mean just a deep friendship more so than just calling them on the phone and most of those friendships came from people that I had every reason to pretty much hate I did something to them or they did something to me and but the Bible we got it right and I gained a brother and I have a good friend through those people. This is a key point. But then he said, if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more. That in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall may be established. Now, since you guys aren't adults, I'm going to recommend that the next step, the Bible says, if he doesn't hear you, in order not to sow discord among the brethren. It's not, well, I went to him and talked to him, and he didn't, he, he didn't listen to me, she didn't listen to me. So now, now I'm going to Facebook, Pastor Bird. Now I'm going to handle this. No, it's grab two or three. Well, I'm going to recommend as young people that you would get an adult an adult, and maybe somebody who knows about the situation, you go to that person. And just like I said, this is key, because this is where God wants us to live. But this is not the way we live. All right, let's go. And we sit down with that person again. And then the Bible says, if that person doesn't get things right, then you take it to the church, you put it before, you. then you make it public. Hey, you know what? Landing comes to me. You know what? I went to Pastor Bird and I talked to him about it. He said those bad things about me. And I grabbed my mom and dad. and said, Mom, Dad, I want you to come talk to Pastor Burden with me because Pastor Burden just bad me in front of everybody. Pastor Burden wouldn't hear it. All right. We'll just make it public. Bible says then you make him as a publican. And he's, he's, an, he's living in open sin. Hey, I tried to get things right with him. I tried to say, hey, you, you hurt me. And Pastor Burden just wouldn't hear it. He said, then you make that open and public. But the first thing we like to do, we love the sowing discord. Ah man, he hurt me. Let's throw it out there to everybody. I want everybody to know how of a jerk that person is. And God says, I hate that. I don't want that. He says, and he gives us in Matthew 18 a way to handle it. Let's go through the last thing. Sowing discord is a work of Satan. Sowing discord is a work of Satan. If you have not yet seen why God would hate sowing discord among the brethren, I hope you would see it right here. Adam and Eve. If you're going to New York, the girl's rope trip. God and man are best friends. They do everything together. They walk and they talk. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) But the the God and man are best friends. And as they're best friends, Satan's ultimate goal is to walk in the middle of Adam and Eve's life. A beautiful life in the Garden of Eden. And walk into a life that's in perfect harmony. Nothing's gone wrong. And he says, man, if I can put some strife here. If I can break the relationship. And he does. He walks up to Eve. Hey, hey. Did did God really say you couldn't eat of any tree of the garden? God, well, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you what God, God doesn't want you to know. Because see, in the day you eat of the fruit. You'll be a God. You'll be just like him. And he doesn't really want you to know that. In that moment, Eve takes what Satan says, and you know what? Whoa, God's holding out on me. I can't believe God would hold out on me. I mean, you mean God's, God has this tree here, and he doesn't want to eat it because he really doesn't want us to be like him. Eve takes it, eats. Hey, Adam, Adam, tell me this is true. See, I didn't die. I didn't die. See, nothing happen When I ate the fruit, Adam, take the fruit. God's just holding out on us. He doesn't want us to be like God's. Adam takes the fruit and plunges mankind into sin. Sowing discord is what Satan does. He's the accuser of the brethren. And when we look in our lives, and we desire, to, fellas in the front, as you guys, as we desire, I mean, as we try to live for God, Satan desires to do that same thing in our relationship. Satan desires to have a, a young man or a young woman that has a great relationship with their father or mother. He desires to put every bit of friction in that relationship. Hey, somebody at school. Hey, man, let me tell you, my parents are so dumb. They don't let me do this. And then you know what you're thinking? My parents don't let me do that either. Maybe my parents are dumb and then you start and you we laugh we laugh but this is what happens they won't they don't let me do it no no your parents are dumb they're they're trying to help you and you go home mom and dad have a bad day or something and then all of a sudden it's in your mind well you know what they're probably right mom and dad have it out against me they they don't want me to have any fun see i just asked it's the same thing they're happening man it's happening to me too devil desires and this is what the devil does and when we get involved in sowing discord among the brethren hey let me tell you about what happens when you're not here let me tell you what they act like let me tell you what happens we are doing the very work of satan himself the accuser of the brethren we sow discord I re- i'll close with this i read an illustration of a it was of a church uh, um it was actually a true story a church member had problems with the church. He stopped coming to church. He had stopped coming to church, and so another church member went over, trying to be a good church member, came over and sat down with this church member and said, you know what? I hadn't seen you at church, and I wanted to see what was going on with you. The church member hadn't been coming to church. He's like, well, I'm telling you what's wrong. Man, I went to that church. Pastor, he's so boring. Pastor doesn't preach well. I mean, I, I love the word of God. I love the word of God. Don't get me wrong. I love hearing the word of God. But it- it's just boring. I mean, when I- And I'm going to tell you about the Sunday school class, I mean. And and this is a true story. The guy leaves and says, no, the pastor's great. Sunday school's great. He goes on. The guy keeps bashing. He's like, no, 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 no. He goes. He goes away. And as he sits in the pew, maybe the pastor didn't preach the most exciting message the next week. Oh, man, he's right. And according to this pastor, three people stopped going to church because the next guy stopped going to church and somebody else came to get him. It's like, well, me and brother so-and-so believe because the pastor's not doing this, because Sunday school's dumb, because blah, blah, blah. And then this next guy goes to church, whose life is doing good, loving God, serving God. Next thing you know, nah, I'm not going to that dumb church. When you sow discord among the brethren, when you take another relationship and try to throw in disharmony as a sower, throwing it out there. Josh, if you could stop that, I'd appreciate it if you can throw that out there, then you know what? You have done exactly what the devil desires for you to do in your life. So two things. The false witness, the person that says, you know what? There's truth is expected out of me, but I don't care how much, how it affects anybody else. I'm not going to tell. And then the person that sows discord among the brethren. Hey, everything's going fine for them. You know, what? I can't stand that. So i have to put some friction there i have to do those things and god says i hate both of those things so as we look at it i you know understand that we're not going to talk about it again before the month's so because the month's over june's over and the four weeks that we're doing it but i still encourage you to memorize these things like i told you earlier as i i mean like i told you last week as i get to know my wife longer we're married i start to know hey she hates certain things can i tell you that to know god the way you should know god you should know what he hates you should know what He does not desire to have us to have in our lives. So let's pray, and we'll be done. Dear Father God, we thank you so much for your Word. God, I thank you for the clarity, Lord, of just telling us simply, God, not that we have to guess or anything. You just said these are the things I hate, and the seventh is the abomination. And Lord, you've gone through these things and let us know. And Lord, this month as we've looked through these things, Lord, a proud look, a lying tongue, Lord, hands that shed innocent blood, God, all these things, Lord, I pray that in our lives, Lord, if we don't remember every principle for principle or whatever, but God, that we would remember these things that you hate. And then God, get them out of our lives. Lord, that we would not have a heart that divides what can imagine. You said, Lord, I pray the same thing for myself. God, I ask that you would please help me, Lord, not to devise ways to violate your law. How would you help me not to be a person that sows discord? Lord, would you please help us, Lord, in our youth group, in our individual lives? And we'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen.